Chapter Twenty of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Twenty, Covering My Defeat. As I rode through the quickly brightening dawn, I endeavoured to piece together some plan of action for this visit to the house, but it was obvious I should have to be guided largely by what might occur it was exceedingly improbable that i should find minna there it seemed in the highest degree improbable that they would have let the girl marie out in such a way if they had intended to take minna to the same house for they would have known i should go there at once certainly they did not intend me to know minna's whereabouts there were other considerations moreover marie herself might still be playing me false or these men might be using her as a decoy to lure me into a trap i was inclined to the latter view i believed the girl to be true to her mistress and i read the detention of the baroness Graz, judged by what the girl had said of her manner to indicate that the treachery was hers and not the girl's in any event i must be on my guard i felt that until i could make the baron heckscher understand that any harm to either minna or myself would be the signal of the death of the duke marx there might be danger for us both for minna's sake seeing that her helplessness would be vastly increased were anything to happen to me i must run no unnecessary personal risks i would use the occasion only therefore to endeavour to ascertain where minna had been carried after a few hours as soon that was as i could safely communicate with baron heckscher the axis of the danger would be shifted presently the carriage stopped and i was told that we were near the house calculating that if any mischief were meant a secret approach would be as dangerous as an open one i ordered the coachman to drive straight up to the door and i jumped out and myself thundered at the heavy knocker and peeled away loudly at the bell the noise awoke the echoes of the still heavy morning air but for a long time received no attention from within the house i grew impatient and walked around it examining the windows which for the most part were closely shuttered i went back to the door and knocked and rang again and then a window at the top of the house was opened and an old man put out his head and asked what was the matter come down to the door at once i replied peremptorily what for come down i cried angrily at once i order you in the name of the queen or i shall have the door broken in the head was withdrawn and i thought i could hear the sounds of a muffled conference who are you and what do you want said the old fellow 
putting out his head again i order you in the name of the queen to do as i have said i answered rather liking the sound of the formula it served my purpose for the mandarin his head muttering he would be down in a minute are you sure this is the house i asked the girl marie positive i will lead you straight to the room she returned i waited impatiently until i heard some one fumbling with the fastenings of the door and after a minute it was opened by the old man partially dressed and yawning heavily i have come for the baroness graz and her companion i said sharply as i stepped into the hall let them be roused at once there's no baroness here said the man who is in the house then i asked the old fellow looked at me shrewdly there are more than enough to guard it but there are no ladies he answered that i shall see for myself said i and i called marie and told her to show me the way to the room where she and the baroness had been kept the old man followed protesting at every step energetically this is the room your highness said the girl laying her hand on the door i opened it and looked in it was empty and dark how long have you been in the house i asked the old man on whom the mention of the term highness had produced a marked effect i live here my lord he answered in a tone of much greater respect were you here this afternoon and evening and i took out a couple of gold pieces so that he could see them no your highness he said with a bow the mere sight of them had given me a step in the peerage in his opinion i was away in the country this morning and only returned late were there two ladies here when you returned not that i know of sire was your master here no sire he is away who is your master he looked astonished herr schemmel your grace and were the preparations all complete at herr schemmel's country seat when you left the preparations for the expected guests i mean the shot told for he started and looked up and i thought he was going to reply when a stolid sullen look settled on his face and he was silent i jingled the two gold pieces and added a third and then on my side i was considerably startled for a deep voice said from behind me the bribery of a servant is not a very princely employment who are you sir i cried turning quickly on the newcomer some one to whom you will be good enough to address any further questions if you please ludwig go away the old man shambled off down the long corridor and now sir 
you will be well advised to leave the house while the way is open you may find it difficult later that may be as it will but i am not going until i have effected my purpose and satisfied myself that those whom i seek are not here i spoke resolutely you are a trespasser and will be good enough to leave when i tell you this is the house to which those whom i seek were kidnapped and brought and i will not leave until i have searched it one of the persons kidnapped is by your side now said he pointing to the girl but you will not be allowed to search the house if you attempt it you will be detained and given an excellent opportunity of searching one of the cellars but no more you dare not interfere with me i am no woman i said hotly you will be well advised to moderate your language you are one man we are many you have forced yourself into this house and if we deal harshly with you you will have only yourself to blame personally i have no wish to do you any hurt you have served our turn and can do no further harm i bit my lip in vexation is the baroness graz in the house or the countess minna von gramberg i asked after a pause of embarrassment i decline to answer your questions and again i warn you to leave or i will not be responsible for the consequences i will search the house i exclaimed and without further words i plunged along the corridor trying to open the doors of the rooms which i passed they were all locked and when i turned to the staircase it was only to find that a couple of men armed with revolvers had been posted there to prevent my ascending stand aside and let me pass i cried firmly you will fire if necessary commanded the man who had followed me and he took up a place by them then to me he added my patience is exhausted now and i will give you three minutes only to leave the house at the end of that time the doors will be closed and i shall keep you here a prisoner you are but one against a dozen and can do nothing it will be sheer madness to attempt to resist us i saw this well enough but the thought of the ignominious failure to get even information galled and maddened me but it would have been greater madness to resist will you give me a moment in private i asked the man he came aside with me readily can you give me any assurance that my cousin the countess minna is safe i have no instructions to give you any information whatever but to the best of my knowledge she is perfectly safe where is the count von nauheim i decline to tell you sir he answered curtly and i could get no more from him thus baffled and exasperated i left the house 
i had gained little or nothing definite by my venture and yet despite my disappointment i was in a sense relieved of some of my anxiety in regard to minna's safety whether she was in the house or not i could not say and until i had seen baron heckscher i had not ventured to take any too desperate steps to ascertain but as i drove back to the house i determined on a much bolder measure to take presently i stopped the carriage a little way from the house and sent back the coachman to wait and watch if the baroness or minna left the place and told the man to remain until steinitz should relieve him i drove the carriage home and then dispatched steinitz with instructions to keep a strict watch on any movements from the house and particularly to follow minna should she leave the house as i knew that i must have a trying day before me i lay down for an hour or two until the time for my visit to baron heckscher i arrived at his house just as he was in the act of starting for a meeting of the council of state which had been hurriedly summoned i cannot stay to speak to you now sir i have to go out he said shortly on the contrary you cannot go out until you have spoken to me i replied copying his manner this is no time for play-acting he said significantly there are serious matters of state to be settled caused by your trickery or treachery you are an authority on the letter at any rate but i have not come to bandy words i wish to know where the countess minna von gramberg has been carried and to demand her instant and unconditional release in what character do you demand that information he said with a sneer as her cousin the prince von gramberg the prince you still hold to that farce be good enough to explain what you mean simply that you are no more the prince von gramberg than i am but heinrich fischer an ex-play-actor do you dare to deny that certainly i do he shrugged his shoulders then who are you for the present and for the purposes of this interview i am the prince von gramberg and you will be good enough to so regard me swashbuckling talk is of no use to frighten me and i have no time for any further antics of yours you deceived me for a time i admit but i know you now and unless you leave my house i will call my servants and have you expelled from it and handed over to the police for an impostor no baron heckscher you will not i answered firmly shaking my head i know the whole of this inner plot of yours and can expose it and will too as i told you last night possibly an effective weapon in a stage play he sneered but i have no time for folly of this sort
he crossed the room to the bell and stretched out his hand as if to ring it i know the scheme to marry my cousin to a man already married and so to betray and ruin her and mark me if you attempt to send me away i will go straight to berlin and denounce the whole of your foul treachery against that girl you speak a fool's tale he cried angrily though he withdrew his hand from the bell maybe but even a fool's tale as you call it can be sifted your scheme now seems on the point of succeeding the gist of it is that when my cousin minna is not forthcoming through your own machinations mark you the cry should be raised for the duke marx i have known that throughout and i too have had my plans you will find it difficult to play your game of chess without the king i enjoyed the start of surprise my words caused it was now my turn to smile with an air of confidence what do you mean by that he asked frowning all that is in your thoughts and more said i significantly what do you mean he repeated coming toward me and looking searchingly at me i mean i began very earnestly as if about to tell him but changed my tone and asked where is the countess minna he took his eyes off my face and glanced quickly from side to side as some men will in moments of swift searching thought you have not dared he began and paused you have dared to seize the queen said i quickly why should i not dare to seize your king this is no child's game we are playing he started again pursed his lips and frowned i had beaten him i knew it it is checkmate said i quietly and you may as well admit it but my game is a cleaner one than yours you have thought to ruin the countess minna either by a bigamous marriage or by a fate so foul that none but a soulless intriguing traitor would have conceived it i mean your king no harm but i swear by every god that man has ever set up for a fetish that if so much as a hair on the pure girl's head is harmed i will visit it a thousandfold on my hostage now will you tell me where is the countess minna i had him now fast in my clutches and turn which way he would there was no escape to do him justice so soon as his first dismay had passed his face wore an impassive expressionless look that told me little but i could read his other actions he had been going to his colleagues to propose that the agitation to bring the duke marx forward should be set on foot at once and this move of mine had beaten him absolutely 
once or twice he let out of his eyes a glance of malice that told me what he would have done had he dared but i had drawn his fangs and for the time he was powerless to harm while i sat thus watching him and enjoying my triumph a knock came to the door and a servant entered to say that a messenger had come for me and wished to see me urgently i will return in a moment i said as i went out the man had brought me a telegram i tore it open and found it was from von krugen safe so far i dismissed the man and returned to the baron with a feeling of even greater exultation and confidence than before i was like a man drowning who at the last moment had pulled himself into safety well baron i asked as i re-entered the room have you decided to answer my question he was writing hurriedly and glanced up a moment without speaking then resumed finished the letter rang for a servant and ordered it to be delivered at once that is your answer it is a letter to excuse my presence for half an hour it will give time for our conference now what is your motive and what are your terms as he put the question he wheeled his chair around so that he could face me as he waited for the answer End of chapter twenty